All right, welcome to Bijou Banter here on KRUY 89.7. It is 6 o'clock, yes, and my name is Sam McCrory. Um, little dwindled Bijou Banter um, participants here today, but I always have my trusty to my left. Molly Bagnell, forever right. and always. <laughs> forever and Bijou always. <laughs> and to my right, I have... His girl Friday, Eli Boone and Vanna. <laughs> sure. Um, and Mac Chutra maybe should be joining us. He's our Bijou um, marketing director. Maybe he will join us. Maybe he won't. He said he was going to come and talk about Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, but he, like two minutes ago. He, yeah, but he yeah. did not follow us here. But <clears throat> he said he was getting a cupcake. So that does not take that long. <laughs> it depends on how big the cupcake is. Is that him? Here he comes. There he is. I'll hold him off for his mic for now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but for right now, we're going to be talking about Grizzly Man will be the first film we will be going to be talking about today that played a part of our film forum series on Tuesday, September eighteenth, which, which yours truly curated. I thought it went very well. Um, Grizzly Man's an awesome movie. So, Mac, I'll turn you on right now, buddy. Oh, thanks, pal. Cool. We can hear is you. this on. It is on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great. I can't hear myself in the mic, but you no. might have to turn yourself up down there. Oh, do I? Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. So Mac Chutra has just joined us. Um, our marketing director here at Bijou, he big David Lynch, Twin Peaks fan. So we're not I talking about it. Twin Peaks Fire with me first. Totally talking about Grizzly fine. Man first. I understand. Um, but like I said, Grizzly Man, part of the film forum series on on um Tuesday, is our first film forum of the year. And Grizzly Man is a 2005 um documentary directed by. Werner everyone's favorite german grandpa Werner herzog um and the movie follows um timothy treadwell mostly and his his girlfriend um whose name she's they say she follows his girlfriend but it also follows um her and timothy they are bear watchers you would say <laughs> timothy Tre well the film is mainly around timothy treadwell um he goes to Alaska every summer um, from roughly around six months. He did this for 13 years, and he would go and live among the grizzly bears. Um, and non-spoiler alert, it says this in the um, trailer in like the first 10 seconds of the movie, but Timothy was unfortunately mauled by one of his grizzly bears um, in 2004. So, uh, and let's... did not survive. Yes, yes and did not survive. <laughs> he was more than mauled. He was eaten. eaten. Yeah, yes. yes. Eaten by Pretty grizzly bears. Pretty much entirely. Yep. Yeah. And his girlfriend as well. Yeah. I am blanking on her name right Amy. now. Amy. Yeah. Amy, yeah. yes. I finished this movie approximately one hour ago. But oh, yeah? I think the film almost wants you to blank on her name because she is. Yeah, we'll get, we'll, we will yeah. get to that. We'll get, because, we'll get yeah. to um, Mac, have you seen this or no? Yeah. I was I was at the screening for that. Yeah. Were you we really? Were I, right we were, we were buds for that whole screening, yeah. yeah. Okay. We well, like, then, Mac, do you want to start us off? What are your thoughts? Is this your first time seeing Grizzly Man? I want to hear your thoughts. Yes, it was my first time seeing Grizzly Man. Um, I, I'm i really not sure. I I had, like, this feeling of existential dread after, like, because it is, like, really talking about this, like, relationship that man has with nature or the lack there of it. Um, I was just, like, amazed at how Timothy managed to do this for so many summers. And uh, not get eaten. And not get eaten. <laughs> yeah. But also just, like, the fierceness of his commitment to these bears was also, like, it was, in in my mind, it was insane, but it was also, like, admirable to see what he was doing. Yeah. Eli, what were your thoughts? And yeah. Now, you, this is not your first viewing. This is an interesting pairing for this week, because we got two kind of lesser works by very big boys. <laughs> these are big, big old boys of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that the, the movies could be more different in like, the viewing Big experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, th I think they're they're similar in reputation only in that they're both considered kind of interesting minor works of 
big I don't have any other word other than big boys. Big they're, old boys. They're big, 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 big old boys. As, as Timothy Treadwell would say about grizzly bears. It's a big, big bear. boy. It's a yeah, big bear. It's a big bear. It's a big bear. Um I actually really like uh Grizzly Man. And again, I think like it's a a funny fit for forum because it's kind of not really a nature documentary at all. No. And, and Werner Herzog makes that very clear towards the end of the film where he's like, obviously the bears are boring and anyone who likes them is lame. <laughs> <laughs> What's really interesting is this crazy freak that I followed around and I'm using his life. And like, uh, you know, it's got all these little Werner touches of like, mm-hmm. Um, the coroner who does these crazy direct addresses to the camera where he's like so animated. Um, and is this film totally ethical? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of something we talked about a little bit. Very um, few things that Werner Herzog has done are ethical, even though he seems to get a pass. I mean, this is a man who probably should be held accountable for the deaths of multiple indigenous people while filming films in the Amazon. Um, while making Fitzcarraldo, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of weird to me that he still kind of gets to be the big granddaddy that everybody likes. Um, but he does make really interesting movies. He was in Parks and Rec, so we like him. He was in Parks and Rec and Rick and Morty, so we have to like him. <laughs> Molly, let's hear your thoughts. Um, Previous, I, for the one who's probably most fresh and fresh in your mind. Very fresh in my mind. Um, yeah, I like this movie. Um, I thought it was really interesting. It was like I, re- I really love um, like animals like the, i love animals i love nature so any movie like where i get to like watch little baby foxes come out of a den yeah. mm. best part i wanted this like why is this grizzly man and not fox man oh, his interactions were, yeah. with the foxes are way i think oh, yes. way more interesting when, like, you go in the den with that head i'm gonna implode <laughs> oh, <my laughs> which, favorite. Is, which is what uh the animal behavior biologist at the screening said at the end of of watching it for forum one of the things he said was like he, he actually gets way more intense interaction with the foxes <laughs> yeah in a way that's genuinely like Zoologically interesting, but right. he doesn't care about it. Like, that. he like comes out of the tent and like he turns around and he's like, What are you doing on top of the tent? He's like, Yeah, he's like, Why a little is this not that hat is That hat is very important to this expedition. expedition. Yeah. yeah. Never seen wearing hat at all during yeah. film. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I really like this um, film. Also, I think one, one thing I really like appreciate, which is maybe speaks to like what Eli mentioned kind of briefly earlier of like maybe not being the most ethical, is that. It does not hold the subject of the film, Timothy Treadwell, as like this god status who can do no wrong, but mm-hmm. also doesn't like completely say like he sucks. Like it, there's like I think it balances like it, it strikes an, a, a balance that I think a lot of documentaries that are um, like portraits of other people um, mm-hmm. don't necessarily hit. It's like some. It's like one thing that really irritated me about the recent documentary RBG. Is that like from beginning to end the movie RBG was nothing but glowing praise. Like if you watch this, you'd be like, RBG never did a single bad thing in her life. She's never farted, she's never pooped, she's never spit. Well, she's all never all done of it. those are good things. Yeah. <laughs> like I just had like and I it's something I don't really appreciate in like documentaries because like I think they're not that interesting as like pieces of cinema. It's like, oh, you're just creating it's like obviously like a manufactured creation of this person mm-hmm. and not like what they are and not saying like this documentary is this is who timothy treadwell is but it feels more authentic where it's like you have his really close friends and family and you have him himself making these like i i'd say like arguably like valid points of like we should be closer to nature we should like not view grizzly bears as these like monsters who must be eliminated at all yeah. costs and like we shouldn't like Look at them, touch touch them, like think about them ever because they're evil. 
but also you like you are <coughs> impeding on like this yeah there should you know, be a divide there should be a divide and like you get that on like multiple accounts it's not just like um like one you know viewpoint you have like the really weird um helicopter pilot yes. at the very beginning who's like never appears again but you're just kind of like i mean at least i was like I, this guy's kind of sucks yeah like he kind of sucks and he says like <coughs> he should have respected like the boundary between the bears more and then and so then and but then you also get um an indigenous man who works at a museum who says he should have there should have been more of a boundary between yeah. him and, and the bears yeah, he shouldn't have like he, he basically shouldn't, should never been there yeah, yeah. and like the so it's interesting how like yeah they strike balances of there's, criticism from multiple perspectives there's so much to talk about this um one of the things that you like brought up that i want to talk about first is how this movie is not about bears but it's about i want i, I think it's about it's about human psyche and and I, I mentioned this um during the forum but i wanted to have this great powerhouse um lineup where we'd have our, our bear specialist who would talk about his experiences with bears and we, some um, one from the English department who kind of writes on Herzog was going to talk about the stuff there, but she backed out last second, but that's okay. And I really wanted to get someone from the psychiatric department to talk on his, because he's like, he is basically, it's it's a performance for him. But I got a kind of a jaded email, but that's not that's neither here nor there. But we can talk about it now because we're not psychiatrists. Um, but I, like I said, I think this movie is such about human psyche and his about almost like character performance but but it's also almost i think about like psychiatric disease because you can make a case that he's very almost bipolar or he's has some mm. sort of borderline personality disorder and you like you seem ready yeah to go. i think there's sort of two big elephants in the room with this film and i brought it up with paul at mm. the in the forum which is that one thing that's really interesting about this film is that it is about the environment and nature but it never really mentions global warming global warming is always kind of this sort of waiting in the wings phantom figure who, who, you know, there's the one moment where in Herzog's narration, he talks about how this is a, a threatened environment and he pans over to the glaciers and he has the helicopter shots. Um, but the other sort of phantom cultural presence that I think sort of lurks throughout this film and specifically has really had an impact on Timothy Treadwell is Hollywood. I think this is in many ways sort of the portrait of an actor out of work. This is yeah. this is a guy who is did not make it in Hollywood and took it in the hardest way. Yeah, we were talking about that. There's a funny, there's an interesting, not funny, but interesting kind of note in the movie when they when Werner Herzog is interviewing his parents that he was apparently second in line for Woody Cheers. Harrelson's gig on Cheers. And I was talking with someone after the movie, I was like, is that true? Is that just that's his, all it takes? Yeah. But is is that Treadwell's imagination, or do you think that's him? Do you think? And his dad brings up, he's like, we never know how, what the gap is to second place. But you know, I think Woody Harrelson was a pretty accomplished actor before Cheers. I know he. No, that was, that was kind of his big. That was his big role, but he was still an act. I mean, he yeah, probably yeah, had yeah. smaller roles, but you know. I think that um, one of the reasons why this film is so fascinating, and one of the reasons why I think, in some ways, it's one of Herzog's not best but most interesting works is the fact that this is a film that is also kind of struggling with authorship and the fact that this is so much of the film is constructed not just from shots that Timothy took on his camera but that are narrated by him that are directed by him there really are sort of two directors struggling for control over the film and I think Herzog 
at points is very conscientious of that and plays with it well. At other points, I think he takes a slightly more ethically dubious, detached perspective. For example, when he listens to the tape of uh, Timothy Treadwell and Amy's deaths, um, and he has this kind of author insert moment. It's the only moment when Herzog is present on camera. Um, But at other points, I thought, like, like, there's that whole sequence... It's very funny. It's sad and funny. I mean, I think this whole film is very sad and funny all at once, um, where Timothy Treadwell is, like, ranting and raving about the U.S. Park Service, and he's swearing a lot, and he's giving this kind of, like, intentionally performative, kind of funny, kind of sad, kind of crazy pay-in to his, his big idea of what nature should be and how the government is getting in his way, and he obviously has this kind of paranoic relationship with institutions, Um but the way that Herzog frames it formally is so fascinating because it's all one take. Uh, yeah, Treadwell's um, doing it in one all, take. It's here. all him doing it in one take, but Herzog cuts in and out from the sound to Herzog's own VO, mm-hmm. and it, you can really see the film like just totally wrestling with itself in this really fascinating yeah. way mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. ultimately, I think, the sort of meaty, juicy rewarding part of this film is that even in order to do this, there are unethical parts to it, but just seeing the sort of cracks in the seams and the way in which Herzog will leave in Timothy flubbing lines and trying to do things over and over again and the way that he's clearly constructing himself through his own images and then that's all filtered through Herzog is so fascinating. And I also love that scene because Herzog has this super catty moment where he talks about how, yes, I too have seen an actor like this. He, you know, <laughs> I have had to deal with this. And he might as well have Did been you like, know I am a director as well? <laughs> but, but, but specifically, I, anyone who knows Herzog knows that he's talking about Fitzcarraldo yeah. and, and and working with the lead actor on that, who he literally went into his tent in the Amazon with a handgun and said, if you don't finish this movie, I'm going to shoot you and kill myself. <laughs> like, like he tried to get into that actor's house and burn it down and kill him multiple times. Okay. Molly or, or Mac, any any points on Eli's comments about the kind of the performance based of, or even the struggling directorials of, of both of our... I thought that was one of the, like, super... Interesting was when like kind of the layers of Timothy Treadwell's like um, persona are being peeled away because like at first it's just like oh yeah he lived with the grizzly bears he protected them and I'm walking away from the movie still like very confused about how he was protecting them. No, he got them all yeah. killed. Yeah, I was yes. like that was like during even during the movie he was like I'm protecting these bears. Like, you're not. Maybe he's protecting. You're not them. doing any like you're not doing anything that the bears can't protect themselves yeah. from. And I guess like awareness. I guess, but I guess like that that was like maybe uh, a part of like this whole like persona, this, like this constructed persona that Timothy Treadwell had of like um, making a huge deal about like a lot of stuff of like mm-hmm. railing against the parks because like they they flew over twice, twice in yeah. two months and like. Mm-hmm. Bears do their own thing. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't. There are you don't, three thousand something, <laughs> hundred of them in Alaska, and yeah. you're watching after six of them. Um, yeah, like yeah. Should, uh, should we steer the conversation there to kind of the whole the, this sure. interesting dichotomy of his Timothy? Because I think that's also a very interesting part of the film too. Is his relationship with nature, and I think one of the most the his biggest flub of the whole entire movie is when he alters a stream, a salmon stream. Oh yeah, that yeah. that just like made my bones shiver because that's 
you know, that that's nature for you. It's, it's yeah. survival of the fittest. And if you do that, you're and, it's you're playing hand of God almost. Yeah, and also you have like bear biologist, which yeah. is a great job. <laughs> um, saying like, yeah, no, poaching and hunting are like not really that big of a deal here. Like yeah. on Kodiak Island, like we we figure you can like harvest yeah. one hundred and sixty and maintain the healthy population and poaching is not we're not really concerned about it. Like our population is thriving and then cut that to like um timothy treadwell being like they're killing all the bears i hate them like it just it kind of shows how like his reality and the reality of like everyone like his reality is not necessarily like accurate yes he has like this very construct like not only is he constructing himself he's also like kind of constructing like his own knowledge and I, you make. Uh, there's a really great point that this is where i kind of in the film i began a question kind of like timothy's like character a little bit is when he warner makes a point about like how he was very um like romantic about like nature and how he made these points about like oh these poor foxes or these poor bears i felt that's like kind of again like it made me at odds about like his character and it really filled in like it wasn't black or white with timothy it was very much like a gray area with him and i think like a lot of documentaries really do struggle with this bias toward or against the subject matter Mm -hmm. um and that's what i've found fascinating about this documentary i don't think there's a movie a documentary quite like this one where i've seen it really delves into those gray areas with the subject matter yeah i thought um watching (laughs) him like interact with the nature that like (laughs) Werner herzog like kind of like is very like expressively like anti-nature like Mm -hmm. animals are soulless look at this bear's face he feels nothing well if if you've seen a Werner Herzog movie this is this is a long-standing feud that he has he had he hates two things he hates Klaus Kinski and he hates all nature (laughs) yeah which is really interesting to like have him like Herzog say those things but then for the whole movie you're kind of watching this man talk to grizzly bears the way that most people talk to like cats and dogs I think talk to children yeah. Almost. Mm-hmm. I, or lovers. The way that I, <laughs> Timothy. He does. He does do that. He like he did what give them pet bear. names. Yeah. yeah what yeah. a big I like I just Ooh, love, that's like, a big bear. That's a big bear. Yeah. It is. I, it, it, and I also like love every time he sees a bear, he's like, I love you. <laughs> yeah. I love you. And that Molly makes a good point because that's that's another reason I think why this movie is it can be so great and so widespread acclaim to most people, because it it is also a movie just to look at bears. That scene was fascinating. I loved that. Like the fight. Yes. And so, yeah. And and we talked about this. I asked this to Tracy, who um, who was on our panel, and she's um, she does non she teaches a nonfiction class here at the university. I'm in that class. You are cool. I'm in nonfiction filmmaking. Yeah. She was she was one of our panelists. (laughs) And um, I asked her, and I was like, "What do you make of of Timothy Treadwell's documentary skills? Because he catches these like." amazing moments of mm-hmm. bears and we're talking about specifically this moment where these two bears are fighting to mate and it's like pla- it's like clash of the titans it's like yeah. planet it's, earth it's, it's like something rich and attenborough would do and it's and you're like this is insane first of all, it's david attenborough Dan- yeah i'm david sorry richard attenborough is his brother jurassic yeah. park guy yeah. sorry my bad. I'm, I'm very i'm very passionate about planet earth and also i'm glad you mentioned that because while i was watching it i thought about the how different like the documentary nature style of um timothy treadwell is is from planet earth because planet earth has kind of has this like very sterilized like tries to make the people that are undoubtedly like there to like make like filming like tries to make them disappear like oh let's just watch the sloth swim um that's a great scene i love that scene (laughs) (laughs) and versus like timothy treadwell is very much like it's not so much like a nature documentary 
of like let's watch bears interact like without any interruption and like see what they do it's more like let's watch me be with these bears and in a lot of ways i thought timothy treadwell's films were like kind of like an ego boost he's like that i am doing such great work i am protecting mm -hmm. these bears look at what i'm doing i'm so special yeah. like i have a really good connection and i think eli's gonna say the same you kind of brought up the same point that eli Eli yeah. asked a question like exactly like about the, the, the difference between planet earth documentaries and like this type of documentary and i think you have something to but also i think that i think this is ultimately what the film is about which is like you know herzog says this is a film about man's relationship with nature but more specifically i think it's about humanity's need to impose narrative and meaning on a on a patternless universe that is ultimately unpredictable and random and yeah. fundamentally inscrutable and i think herzog yeah. is yeah. Mm -hmm. herzog is definitely guiding our direction towards that ultimate conclusion when he has this like long monologue at the end that's the most herzog part of the film where he's like when i look at the bear i see nothing <laughs> <laughs> I, I see f death and chaos and poop and nothing. It has no love for me. And so, like, uh, you know, uh, to a certain extent, I want to almost push back against it because it's guiding my hand so much. But I do think that, like, this is a movie that's valuable in our era because I think one of the fundamental problems we've had combating climate change is a need to create a Manichaean narrative of heroes and villains and beginning, middle, end resolution, mm -hmm. where in fact what we're dealing with is a far vaster, less predictable, more systemic problem than we've ever really encountered before. Right. And so Treadwell's approach to, a, to the paramount problem of our era is to tilt at windmills and throw stones at giant corporations. He, he has no real sense of what he's up against. And ultimately he becomes this completely pathetic, totally uh, d delusional embodiment of the worst tendencies of the sort of well-intended liberal, which is that he, it, it, his vision of the world completely breaks his brain and he's left with this childlike view of the environment, which mm -hmm. in and of itself is obviously incredibly important. It's arguably more important than anything else in the world, especially right now. But uh, Herzog doesn't take it to that extreme because climate change is kind of always in the background here. But this mm -hmm. is this film came out the same year as An Inconvenient Truth. And I think when you pattern them, when you layer them on top of each other, you realize like part of what's so fundamentally tragic about Treadwell is that I do think even though he's an extreme version of this, he does stand in for a very myopic, short-sighted version of a real outlook that has affected and, and, and restrained the ability that we have to actually fight uh, for the environment. Mm -hmm. Any comments on Eli's I, I <laughs> little think, rant there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when you were talking about that, I think that really, that comment you made really reminded me of the scene in the film where you know it it starts raining or he b starts begging for rain oh yeah and then it starts downpouring and he's like oh i believe in god i believe you know all this stuff and i was like y you know timothy like what what are you doing man like yeah. it, it really starts to make me question it's like you know is this like how people think about climate change is this how we think about nature because if so then we absolutely have it wrong and right. we need to rethink our perspective on nature i was gonna say like there's a certain aspect of like are who like what are we like worshiping mm -hmm. are, right at, when, when we talk about nature we could like for a lot of people they worship like god like god all you know whatever relig religious like deity that they mm -hmm. have um 
or are we worshiping like a version of nature where everything like makes sense we have like a narrative and like as eli pointed out we see a lot of times uh timothy i almost said timothy Shamalay. <laughs> timothy treadwell um imposing like a narrative on bears and foxes in the same way that people impose narratives on their pets i mean i know i do it i'm like i have my cat and i'm like uh she's so mad at me and she's just not even like responding to anything like it's like a tendency that people have or like i think what maybe we should this is like maybe like a really personal view of like worshiping nature as like just like it is like it just it Mm -hmm. is and it's going to be no matter what we do and we're like a particular kind of nature worship should not us just us being walking out into the woods and saying i'm one with nature now and like in mm-hmm. like suppose that we can somehow disappear into it which is what timothy treadwell like apparently tried to do like become as much like a bear as he could but that's not necessarily like the, like what we should be looking for when we talk about like worship na- nature worship we shouldn't be doing like trying to like disappear as humans into like an environment that is so not suited to us because the bears don't receive anything from it the bears are just bears they would have done everything they did if timothy treadwell was there or not and timothy treadwell on like still i don't know what he like added to like the environment when he was there and we never know if he if he you know because one of the things tracy brought up too is we never see he recorded a hundred hours of footage we never see what he's doing in the rest of those hours we never know if he's again artificially changing the environment to like actually throw salmon at bears and feed them mm-hmm. um and yeah and you make a good point we, we don't know if he's doing any good or if he's actually or if this is just this, like a big ecosystem. ego stroke of like yeah. telling himself that he's like helping the bears but in reality he's okay. not. let's go to eli yeah. you're gonna real, make our real, little mass point here yeah, and then we'll real do quick, our well i just thoughts. want to open it up even though this is its own conversation we really should talk about amy yeah. We really should talk about the Absolutely. role that she yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, let's do that yeah. for the last five Molly, you minutes. you want to take it? Uh, yeah, I had, like, a lot of issues with, like, yeah. the way that, like, Amy is situated. Like, one from, like, the very beginning, you have the um, the helicopter pilot who said, like, the only real tragedy is that he took her down with him. Like, kind of, and I have, like, a lot of issues with that. One, it, like, inherently, like, implies that Amy had, like, no, like will of her own like she did like mm. as if like she did not like know what she was doing and kind of like just infantilizes her and also like the film like seems weirdly fixated on her for like a little bit where it's like Werner Herzog is like going through all the footage looking for her it's like it doesn't well it's I... and then also there's a really big obsession with like she she didn't leave at the end she stayed with him yeah it's really I, I think this is kind of a no good solution situation for a filmmaker in Herzog's position because to borrow a psychoanalytic term, she is kind of this structuring absence where, to be frank with the listener, Amy is this person who was there the whole time Timothy was there. She appears in two shots out of the 100-plus hours of footage that he took. He pretends he's there alone when he's narrativizing. And to clarify, he was with her... She, Sorry, excuse me. She was with him his last two summers. His last two summers. He was there for 13 summers he was she was with him for the last two and she didn't like bears <laughs> yeah she and was afraid she did of not like yeah. bears. so i think what herzog does is a little messy but ultimately i think it's pretty well executed in terms of you have to you have to address her yeah it's you kind have, of, yeah, it's a you have to put her there and i also think it interestingly becomes an interesting commentary on male filmmakers profiting off of the work of women uh, who ultimately, in this case, make a kind of ultimate sacrifice um, because 
his gigantic ego is not just built off of these bears. It's built off of her as well. Mm. And she dies for it. So I don't think like, yeah, phrasing it as like, oh, the ultimate tragedy is that she, he took her with him too. Like I can kind of see where that guy's coming from. It's a little bit chauvinistic and putting her on a pedestal. But I do think the way that Herzog approaches it is interesting, and it's certainly not as bad as it could be. One last thing. Have any of you seen the video of Werner Herzog talking about how much he hates chickens? It's amazing, and it's to- it totally belongs in this documentary because it's, it's he does the same thing that he does where he, like, shows footage of a chicken looking directly to the camera. And he's like, I look into their eyes, and I just see utter stupidity and <laughs> evil and chaos. I think the world would be better if we slaughtered them all. Oh, okay, yes. with Eli's last Werner Herzog impression, I'll we're going to... show gonna, it to you all <laughs> We are going to um, do our last quick thoughts on the film. Just one quick minute on um, just your general thoughts. If, and what you liked, maybe recommend it to another, another person. Molly, go first. I liked it. I would you watch it. It's fun. Um, it's really... It's a not like it's not boring ever it's like entertaining and it's really interesting in like I don't, I don't know interesting ways it's interesting it's just i don't have a i don't have a lot to say about it except that it is in fact an interesting film eli yeah i think it's one of his best i think you should watch it i think you should steal it uh because you should not support Werner herzog there should be justice <laughs> no. for the indigenous peoples of the amazon basin um d- despite uh Werner herzog's just cynicism uh i did enjoy it uh but I don't know if I'd recommend it, actually. I don't know. I, I liked it, but it's just like... Why wouldn't you recommend it? It's not for everyone. It's not for. It's definitely not for everyone. I felt like after the movie, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it Like, there were just a lot of existential themes for me that were, like, addressed in that film. Um, But I I don't know. I'd, I'd still recommend it. I don't know. I struggle. I'm <laughs> Ten str- seconds ago, you just said you wouldn't I'm, recommend it. <laughs> I guess I'm struggling with how I would, like... How Max would, having an existential crisis right now. Yeah, seriously. I don't know. It's I, I would be like, it's. It, it depends on the person. If you're up for anything, go for it. If you're more sensitive to those issues. Then. Yeah. If you're like a hardcore kind of, I don't know, if you if you love bears and you're hardcore yeah. environmentalist, maybe not for you. Um, I think we all know my opinion on the film. I pitched this film for Forum and we got it. And I, ran the, I love this movie. It's like my favorite documentary of all time. Um, it's hilarious. It's kind of heartbreaking. It's... I, I describe it when we, me and my other friends describe it as the most unintentionally funny movie of all time. Oh, I think there's some intention. There. Yeah. Yeah. Werner Herzog purposely put in like the 10 minute sequence where Timothy is Treadwell, yelling at foxes. No, when he t- talks about how much better it would be if he was gay because yeah. gay people don't have to worry about women. And then he goes, mm. gay people have problems too. I guess, but they're yeah. not as big as my problems. <laughs> how woke. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Treadwell, woke master. Anyway, <clears throat> this is a great film. I recommend it to a lot of people just because. <clears throat> Excuse me. On the sheer level, it I think just has great footage of bears, and it's 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 an it's an animal, especially coming from Iowa, where you don't see this animal a lot, and yeah, and you just see them in in zoos, friend, they're just you, you don't see them most places. Yeah, you know, if you're an average yeah. American, you probably will not see a bear probably in your life unless you go to Yellowstone or. Um, um, I saw a black bear in upstate New York once. That's a different animal, though. Yeah, yeah we're talking cute. about grizzly I, bears, I Molly. <laughs> I, I meant right it as now. an expression. I didn't mean it that way. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a good one to go see. Definitely, if if you have if you like to see animals, honestly. So, um, that is Grizzly Man. That was a part of our film forum series. Um, those are on t- alternating Tuesdays with Horizons. But for now, we're gonna take a little quick break, do some little grant spots, and we'll come back with Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me. We'll see you back here in a little bit. <sighs> Support for KRUI is provided by Little Village. 
Little Village is Iowa City's independent, community-supported news and culture publication. Little Village's event calendar connects readers with critical cultural opportunities. Through journalism, essays, and events, Little Village works to improve our community according to core values, affordability and access, economic and labor justice, environmental sustainability, racial justice, gender equity, quality health care, quality education, and critical culture. Little Village can be found in print editions at local businesses in Iowa City as well as online at littlevillagemag.com. Support for KRUI is provided by Little Village. Little Village is Iowa City's independent, community-supported news and culture publication. Little Village's event calendar connects readers with critical cultural opportunities. Through journalism, essays, and events, Little Village works to improve our community according to core values, affordability and access, economic and labor justice, environmental sustainability, racial justice, gender equity, quality health care, quality education, and critical culture. Little Village can be found in print editions at local businesses in Iowa City as well as online at littlevillagemag.com. All right, and we are back with Bijou Banter on KRUI 89.7. Um, you can listen to us on the radio, and you can also listen to us on KRUI.FM online, too. So a little fun fact there if you are not in your car. But um, we are moving on to our Bijou After Hours film of the week. This is a little review. We usually do Bijou After Hours movies um, just because they're so frequent. And this week it was Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, the 1992 prequel to the series Twin Peaks directed by David Lynch um, and the movie basically like I said it is a prequel to Twin Peaks so if you don't really know about Twin Peaks Laura Palmer is mysteriously murdered and um, FBI special agent Dale Cooper played by Kyle McClanahan comes in McLaughlin Kyle McLaughlin. I said Kyle McClanahan which is like <laughs> his his Irish detective yeah <laughs> sorry Kyle McLaughlin um <laughs> Who comes in, drinks a lot of coffee, eats a lot of pie, and... And, and, and that's the TV show. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the TV uh, show. Gives a lot of thumbs up. It's a lot of thumbs up. And he, and the basically, the show is he comes in and he investigates this murder, and there's a lot of psychological horror in the, in the show, and he kind of even mingles... Even more in the film. Even more in the film, honestly. And he, and he <laughs> mingles with the interesting residents of Twin Peaks, Washington. So, But this is Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, so you'll see a little more background into Laura Palmer's last 10 days of her life. So um, let's start Let's start with Molly, because I know you, 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 I forget what your quote was last week. You're like, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, we're doing it now. Put my foot down, is what you said, I think. Quote, yeah. quote, quote, Did quote, you program you this? No. Was this your pitch? This was no, Emma this was Gray. Emma Gray's pitch. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Where is she? I don't know. Unfortunately, she's not here, but, you know. Well, Molly? Hit us with it. This is your, your quick reaction to the film, and then we'll, get, we'll dive in. I adore this film. I, it is one of my favorite films that I've ever seen, and it's one of the films that it is not at all enjoyable to watch, mm-hmm. but it is one of, I think, the most important films that I've seen on this particular issue. It's, I, it's, I don't want to say it should be required viewing, but I feel like it should be required viewing, um, and it's just... Amazing, painful, horrifying. I cried almost the whole time, took an hour and a half long walk and smoked six cigarettes afterwards. And it <laughs> how, is, how much pie did you eat? <laughs> none, none. Kids you, think, you think I can eat after that too. movie? It's horrifying. No, like it's so No good. cigarettes are good for you? What? <sighs> no, never mind. <laughs> oh gosh. I thought you were saying no to my statement about how cigarettes are bad for you. And oh, you were like, no. you, I thought you said no. And I was like, no, because eh. science is still out. <laughs> <laughs> the science is still out on if I'm cigarettes are bad for you. I'm about to make 
uh, Molly very sad. No. Um, I'm, I'm which is Turn off this. his mic. <laughs> you're, you're about to hate my opinion even more than if I said that I hate this movie, because I don't hate this movie. I think this movie is kind of pointless, and I say this as a big Twin Peaks fan. Uh, I don't think it's bad. In many ways, it's quite good. Uh, when we have both regular season one Twin Peaks and also Blue Velvet, I don't understand the need for this film. I don't really care what happened to Laura Palmer beforehand. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like it's, it's fine. What I like about Twin Peaks is that it's not purely a David Lynch project. It's a David Lynch, Mark Frost project. And the fact that Mark Frost is not there for this film means that this movie is like, yeah, it's better than Dune. It's, it's maybe better than Lost Highway, but like this is, I, I know that I know that Firewalk with Me has gone through a critical renaissance. I know people now consider it more of a major Lynch work. It it does very little for me. It's fine. I like like I I don't I don't I don't hate it. I just don't really see the need for it. And then we're gonna have probably a very contrasting view back to Molly's point with uh, Mr. Mack over here. Um, I loved this film. I've never seen it. Um, I, I kind of waited until I'd seen season one, season two, Firewalk, or not Firewalk with me, The Return, uh, to watch this, especially on the big screen. Um, I think it does, like, a lot of justice, especially, like, when you pair it with, like, The Return and, like, what's going on, like, in season two. Um, I also think it's, like, kind of, like, a playground for the more abstract and surrealist stuff that goes on in Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire. I think that's like, but all of those I think are better movies. <laughs> that's fair, but I'm sorry. but I mean, you know, we all have we all we all. I know, have, I'm being I'm being. A that's totally budget. fine. Let Mac talk. Let's hear only his points. But I, I'm gonna kind of like bring it out. We all have that one album that like we listen to that it's like, wow, this could have been such a much better album, but we kind of like fill in the gaps with our own thoughts. That was my reaction with this film. I think I've never seen a crowd be as anxious and tense in a film scene screening as I have last night, like there was a glow after everyone was leaving last night. And I really like, that's, I think was another part of the reason I really enjoyed that. A glow of what? Just like, I mean, people. Everyone is horrified. There's a, there's a nervous energy. A nervous it, glow? It is nervous. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it, it is nervous energy. It's well, like mania on screen pe- for two and a half hours. People were like tapping their foots. Like people were just like, they couldn't like watch. Like, <laughs> Banging hammer as it was off. I mean, yeah, I was. It's awful. It's like an awful viewing experience. Yeah, I think it's similar in some ways to Silence of the Lambs in terms of. Do not compare these two movies. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs is great. Yeah, but Silence of the Lambs. You you're contradicting yourself by saying I hate this. uh, I I didn't say. And then you're saying, and then you're comparing it to Silence of the Lambs in terms of audience response. Okay. Okay. It is a heightened energy where I thought you were comparing the two. I was like, I was about to jump across this soundboard and (laughs) throw fisticuffs. Right, because this movie is so much better than Silence of the Lambs. I mean, I would argue. That, I would argue that Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me is better than Silence of the Lambs. It is my, so. I, like, I in my opinion, it is like undoubtedly better than Silence of the Lambs. Oh my gosh! Just, I think Molly's just saying that because she knows Silence of the Lambs is my favorite movie of all time. No, I'm saying that because nice. I genuinely love this okay. movie more. Th- um, to Eli's point that this movie isn't necessary, I would say that this movie is more than necessary because with. The original series, for like for many reasons, but one, with the original series of Twin Peaks, um, my main issue with like the first two seasons is that it like relies so heavily on like the kind of faceless dead girl, like beautiful dead girl trope. It's such a tragedy. How could she have died? Oh, she did cocaine. She was disturbed. That's why she died. Mm-hmm. All of that. 
And then, which is really problematic because you're like capitalizing on just like this repeated image of Laura Palmer wrapped in the plastic and her lips are blue. And the, like, like, and the like and homecoming then, picture. Yeah, and like the homecoming picture. Mm-hmm. And the whole, Who killed Laura Palmer? The, yeah, yeah, the whole first two seasons are all about like just really like grasping on to like this idea of a like beautiful 17 year old homecoming queen who like died but she was troubled and in fire walk with me it completely explodes that and giving think i think maybe the most heart-wrenching portrayal of pain i've ever seen on screen i've like the whole i don't know like it's more than half like the second part because the film's kind of divided into like a year before twin laura palmer dies and and like then laura palmer's like last few days and in that like that second part it is just like balls to the wall you are experiencing Mm -hmm. like flora palmer's like complete like emotional like pain that she's going through with repeated um like rapings by her father like almost like nightly is what like she implies like Mm -hmm. under like the um specter of bob the like struggles that she has with addiction to cocaine with alcoholism that all stem from the like repeated abuse that she's suffering at the hands of her father and also like by extension kind of like also the like expectations that all the really powerful men around her like are expecting of her like jacques from the roadhouse is Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna hook her up with like all these people that are going to like drug her and then she's going to be not even like coherently conscious but she will be sexually used and bobby is like like using her and james is like just like the sad boy that's like adding more stuff on and it's it's, i love this movie i like it is on honestly like one of the most honest heart-wrenching portrayals of pain i've ever seen you look like you're about to say something in the middle of her statement so we'll go to you next yeah um i have two things first of all i think we should also add to the fact that like let's talk a little bit about the production history of Twin Peaks here. I mean, like how ABC kind of like, you know, there's a lot of friction between ABC and and David Lynch and how David threatened to quit. I think he did quit in the middle middle of season two. Is that, am I correct on that? I think so. And then he he came back. Twin Peaks historian. Yeah, I think (laughs) he came back to film the final episode of season two. And that's why season two gets so bad in the middle. Yeah, I mean, there's so much filler in season two. I mean, it's hilariously bad uh, at some points, but I mean, I think, uh, there's that, but also, I mean, like, I think Firewalk With Me, there's a lot of motifs in that that, like, are seen through, like, Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway and all these other, like, great Lynch films that I think, like, as after I watched it last night, I was, like, I was kind of connecting the dots between, like, all the films that he's been making apart from mm-hmm. maybe Dune. I've, I've, like, I've heard um, friends of mine who are, like, big David Lynch fans, Jack Howard and Nate Corey specifically, mm-hmm. saying that, like, David Lynch is a really interesting filmmaker because you see like similar motifs, ideas like show up yeah. like in all of his films. And mm-hmm. then that like, it kind of like get, you get the idea that this is like a filmmaker totally like consumed by like obsession with like these yeah. select motifs and images that just like keep appearing. But in films that are very different from one another, like m- I love Mulholland Drive and I love Fire Rock Me and I can mm-hmm. see like connections in them, but yeah. Mulholland Drive did not make me feel nearly as bad right. as Fire Walk With Me does, which makes me want to throw up and die. Yeah. No. It's funny because I feel far more anxious watching Mulholland Drive. <laughs> really? I think it's partially because it, I feel like part both in its con- concept and execution, I feel like what turns me off about Fire Walk With Me is that it's just 
over enunciated. It's overemphasized. I feel like for me, what I like about Twin Peaks is that I ultimately read it as this very twisted parody of soap operas and yeah. network television overall. And so the fact that Laura Palmer is kind of this absent missing presence is kind of skewering this traditional mode of storytelling. And like, I don't know if that was David Lynch in, in Lynch's intention or not, but it's certainly a common reading of the franchise. And I think he was doing a similar thing with Mark, Mark Frost in On the Air and what they were doing oh at the same God. time. I mean, that's crazy. Pe show. People never talk about enough the fact that David Lynch and Mark Frost were making like two shows at the same and time. And one was like yeah. a sitcom. Yeah. yeah which is, <laughs> so like one is a parody of a drama and the other is a parody of the sitcom. Mm -hmm. And so they're like both sat like it's no wonder that it didn't work out with ABC because they were the most exciting provocative statements on television at the time, mm -hmm. but they were all about skewering television. Yeah. So it, it, it's like it's like when Elvis Costello did Radio Radio. You can't have that song on the radio, even though it's a jam and everybody loves it because it's all about how much he hates radio. So like Twin Peaks is good because it's almost like anti-television. Mm -hmm. And for me, I felt like... I wouldn't say it's anti-television. Well, it plays enough into the tropes of television that it's genuinely entertaining and consumable in its own. But at a higher level, I think it does operate as a kind of like twisted parody of most of the conventions. And the fact that like there is no real need for explanation or following through on so many things that happen in the show is, I think, purposefully frustrating what we usually desire out of a network show, which is to explain everything and leave us with a resolution that lets us understand why characters did things. Okay, we're going to go with Mac first, and then we're going to go to Molly right after. I was just going to say really quick, I kind of agree with you on those uh, on that statement, but I think like it does the show definitely just like takes those themes of like soap operas or even with the re return it like takes the um like aspects of a revival and it throws it in uh, viewers faces and it's like this is not how it's going to play out here like, right and so for me the reason why fire walk with me just kind of feels like a black sheep in the family of the rest of the mm -hmm. show is that i don't really fully understand what it's parodying i don't fully understand what well, maybe it's, it's not a parody you know it's a horror film. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Like the the yeah. show is moving from like being sort of like a parody on soap opera moving towards horror which is Fire mm -hmm. Walk with Me. And I like Hold on. Um so with the show, like it relies so heavily again, I'm going to bring this up again on the dead on the beautiful dead girl trope that it does not mm -hmm. skewer that like, it does not question that at all. Right. And that's hugely problematic. I and mean, I have a different interpretation of that. But, the, I mean... And that's why we can talk about it. Yeah. It's good. Like, and I just think that the the film, like, is, like, interrogating that... Decon decon it, the film is, like, an interrogation or a deconstruction or, like, a, not a parody of that beautiful dead girl trope that the... Sh I, I, I think that the show relies so heavily on. And also to the... You said that it was over-enunciated on what aspect that we already know all these things happen to laura and so like for me i feel but like we don't know but, but you, you don't get the, you don't the get emotional the set, yeah. you don't get the emotional like aspect of her like laura in the original series is so completely divorced from it I she's an I, idea not I'm, a person yeah yeah and i guess like for me it's i guess this is ultimately why fire walk with me frustrates me is that i'm not emotionally invested in twin peaks i find myself very intellectually invested in twin peaks and i find it interesting and funny and confusing and bizarre and i'm fascinated by it but i don't feel like i want to like like 
I'm not following these characters' subplots because I'm like, what's like? I really need to know what's happening with them. I will be honest. I felt the same way when I watched Twin Peaks. Is I was I was more astounded by the the obscurity of it and and less less character less of the character development. That, I'll be honest. Go ahead, Molly. And th- this is uh, can I say something just yeah, really yeah, quick? Yeah. I don't, and this is one thing I brought up to Eli. Is I'm like, when I watched Twin Peaks and I watched this movie, I'm thinking. I, I'm just not understanding. I'm like, is this not made for me or am I not getting just the entirety of, of what he's trying to put on screen? I, I, I don't know. I get very confused when, I, when we t- I t- come talk about Twin Peaks just because I don't think I'm getting the full grasp of everything. I mean, I, I like, I love this film. I don't think I'm getting the full grasp of everything. Like I mm-hmm. love Twin Peaks would be the first to admit like, don't know what's going on like yeah. i don't know what is going on with like the little boy with the mask yeah. i like th- there are parts that like i don't understand but like i i guess i'm not really seeing how you like the aspect of like not being involved in the characters also translates to not really caring about like the emotional space of a person who's like been like sexually molested mm-hmm. by her own father for like years and years and years and years and how making a film that fully like explores that emotional space mm-hmm. a space that like I David Lynch got like exceedingly like eerily accurate like yeah. David like he received letters from people that had been sexually assaulted as children and they said how did you get this so accurate like wow. how did you do this and like I can just say like have not ever having experienced anything close to like what Laura Palmer experienced that like even I, like, watching this film, like, it is scary how, like, different emotions, like, you can, like, put a name to them, but you can't necessarily, like, dis- mm-hmm. like depict how they feel. And then to have that, like, depicted with such, like, raw- rawness on screen is really, truly, like, I like, inexplicable how he did it. Yeah. And so I'm just, like, even if you're not like interested in like the characters of Twin Peaks, I don't know how like I guess I'm not really understanding how like that translates to not really caring about the film because you're not interested in like Laura Palmer's story because I think that's one of the like that that is maybe like the most I don't like thing that's most interesting about Twin Peaks is that it does re- like is Laura Palmer's story and like how it's just kind of like thrown off and yeah you know everything that happened to her in the original series but you're not really exploring like the emotional space of a person who's going through all that and i think that's valid like no matter if you're interested in like the characters or twin peaks or not this film is a, is like a good movie standalone without watching the series that's a good point. i think it's better if you don't watch the series yeah i agree i think it's i think it like i mean i think ultimately what i'm saying is like i want this movie to tie in with the show and narratively, it super does, but tonally, it really does not. And for me, that's frustrating because I think I am more a fan of Twin Peaks, the series, than I am of Fire Walk With Me. And in terms of David Lynch films that speak to me at an emotional level and tell me something about pain, uh, you know, he has done that for me many times. He's mm-hmm. done that with The Elephant Man for sure. He's done that with Blue Velvet for sure. He's definitely done it with Mulholland Drive, which was also supposed to be a television series. So, like, for me... Uh, I maybe I should back up. I think that I think Firewalk with me is pointless from the standpoint of a fan of Twin Peaks. In terms of standing on its own, it it that's not fair to say. As its own work of art, it's totally its own thing. It speaks to other people in other ways. It it personally does not reach me on the level that it reaches Molly. Mac, uh, let's hear your last little quibit and then we'll have to wrap things up here. 
I would completely disagree with you on the point of that it doesn't tie in at all with the series. I think it ties in very well with, like, the return. I mean, like, for God's mm-hmm. sakes, it uses clips from Firewalk With Me throughout the return. So, like, that you could say that is kind of, like, frustrating for me. But also, I'd like to make a, make a point and kind of bring this to the real world a little bit with Firewalk With Me. Ever, while I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think about, like, the Me Too movement. I couldn't help but think about R.I.P. Molly Tibbetts. Like, I, that was just, like, a mm-hmm. lot of, like... I mean, and I think a lot of it also deals with, like, the toxic, the culture of toxic masculinity. It's, like, how do these men in power, like, just, you know, like, it's just ridiculous that this is, like, it's 2018. We still deal with this. It's still really so, so real. Yeah, Yeah, and and it's still so, like, raw. And I will say, one thing that this film was critiqued for at the time was that they said at the time that it poorly handled this topic. And I don't think that's true at all. Obviously, (laughs) obviously, in retrospect, it clearly has spoken to so many people in a deeply profound way. And so, to that extent, I would never say that this film... Uh, gets this wrong. I'm not in a position to say that in the first place, but from everything I've seen, it's it's done a remarkable job of that. It just personally, uh, for me, as a work of art, doesn't deliver what I want out of it, but it clearly gives things to other people. Yeah. So that's definitely, I mean, this, this is a big, kind of like two big films that we can't really grasp in 30 minutes. I mean, especially Twin Peaks, um, is, it's it's a conversation you could, if you see, you can definitely have over a lengthy a lengthy amount of time. It deserves its own episode. That's just on a light, <laughs> on a lighter note. I want to settle a debate here with the few minutes we have remaining. Well, we still have to do plugs and stuff. But is so. it is it fire, comma walk with me? Like, hey, fire, come over here. Let's walk together. Or is it not, hey, come fire, fire walk, walk with me? Fire walk with me. That's what I thought. But I've had friends debate this with me, and it's like super obvious within the film that it's fire walk as an action. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. I thought you were going to start a whole new argument there. No, it, no, no, it was no, something no. a little small and trivial, right. which I liked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but definitely that will be the end of our conversation of Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Definitely heated one. Very different from the one we had about Grizzly Man, where I think that was the first film of the semester where all of us agreed that we liked it versus this one. Kind of split. I would, I would still recommend Firewalk with me. Yeah. I mean, I think if you've seen Twin Peaks, I think, I mean, it's something maybe a precursor to get into Twin Peaks, but... Um, yeah, maybe we, but a little more contrasting views versus what we talked about with Grizzly Man, and I think that's that's that you're gonna get that general reaction across the majority of people who see this movie, where they're either gonna have a really positive reaction, or maybe an indifferent reaction, or maybe a negative reaction. I think that's maybe what David Lynch is trying to do with this film. I'm not sure, um, but we will leave it at that. Just a quick update on some of the Bijou programming coming up this Tuesday. Coming up uh, will be the second film, a part of our Horizon series. It'll be 1,000 Ropes. That will be at 6 o'clock. Um, just a little quick tidbit about Horizons. <clears throat> you can come. Um, you give out a, we give out a $1,500 scholarship, travel abroad scholarship, if you complete our Bijou passport. Um, you can still come. If you've done, if you saw Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, then this will add to your passport. There will probably be some redo movies. So if you didn't see Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, come to this one. There'll probably be some movies and films that you can see to get another stamp on your passport. So... That will be on Tuesday at 6 p.m. And then coming up on Friday, uh, sorry, excuse me, Saturday again at 11 o'clock, part of our After Hours series will be um, The Truman Show. So I believe that's a 1999 film starring Jim Carrey. So I don't know if I think one of his better works. So I don't know really a lot of thought about a Thousand Ropes, so I'm not going to dive too much into that. But I do know quite a bit about Truman Show. But that will probably be one we'll be talking about next week, um, along probably with um, Michael Moore's new film, which was new to film scene on Friday. Um, Fahrenheit 11.9, kind of a play on 
his 2004 documentary Fahrenheit 9-11. So that's kind of about the Trump administration. I don't know. I haven't seen that yet. So we will talk about that next week, probably along with the Truman Show. Um, any closing remarks from you guys? <clears throat> no. Movies are good. You should watch them. Yeah, yeah. watch more movies. Movies are good. So, to, actually, so oh. Fahrenheit 11.9 is going to be part of our Bijou Thursdays event. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I always yeah. plug Bijou Thursdays. I forgot about this <laughs> week. So, so if you want to go see a fair, if you're a student and you want to go see Fahrenheit 11.9, come on Thursdays at it'll play at 8 o'clock. It'll be a $5 student ticket and they'll give you a punch card. Um, $1 off popcorn. Mm hmm. And one dollar off drinks, I believe, as well. Oh, it's two dollar popcorn. Two dollar popcorn, dollar off, off drinks. I got it right last week, but I didn't get it right this week. But yes, that'll be going on. Um, and like all, all these BG programmings, like we've always said, are free to students, um, regular public. I'm sorry, you'll have to pay regular red, um, general admission price. But Thousand Ropes and Truman Show will be free to students. But Fahrenheit 11.9 will be playing on Thursday night as a part of our BG Thursday series. And the wife will be continuing through this week, I believe. Those two and um, sorry to bother you. I think you're still playing. No, sorry so. to bother you. He's gone. I think. Yeah. Done. Uh, two weeks so. and you're gone. Okay. But not if you're three <clears throat> identical strangers. That's still playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, three identical strangers, to my opinion, is still playing. So, but it's seven o'clock. We need to wrap up. Um, we'll yeah, see you next week fun. at six.